I am here. These woods are no place for an old man. But I have a mission. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And they complained about time too, about not playing the ND. It was free for all, and I heard him say he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick, 'cause you're incapable. Hello, my name's Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall, and this is Keep Off the Borderlands. Now, it's been a while, um, so what's happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. I watched Bo Burnham's Netflix special, Inside, and I thought to myself, what the f*** am I doing? And why am I doing it? And maybe I should shut the hell up. A little time passed. And I watched George A. Romero's The Amusement Park. A film he made in 1973. Commissioned by the Lutheran Church. To highlight the issues of abuse of the elderly. Which was shelved because it was found to be a little more disturbing than what they were after. Recently rediscovered, restored, and available on Shudder. There's nothing, nothing outside. That didn't really help. It probably made it worse. But then I thought, no, I want to live, goddammit. So here I am. This is living, right? <laughs> well, that's enough of that. Let's get to these messages, shall we? Hey, Spencer, Jason here. To give you some audio feedback, yes, you're, you sound a little bit clearer, and the audio quality is better with a new microphone. Is it the difference enough to... Make me not listen if you go back your old way. No, it's not. But the honest answer, it is better. As far as sound levels, Daniel's call was a little bit softer than the rest of the show. So there is that. Um, you can increase call volume with Audacity. There's also a leveling program called Leveler that I don't think supported anymore. Leveler 2. I can send you a link to it. Um, but you can put everything through to get about the same level. But... Daniel's call wasn't so so much softer that it was un unlistenable. But you wanted feedback, so there you go. Spencer! It's Evil Jeff. Hey, just got through your latest podcast and asking about the quality and everything. Uh, the mic sounds really great. I think the levels are fine. I'm listening to it in the car. I don't hear a lot of background noise. <clears throat> Uh, it, it is coming through really well. In fact, it's coming through so well that I, I'm feeling inadequate in recording anything. And I might just have to give up podcasting now that you've upped your game. I, I, I just don't know if I can keep up. It, it, it's just too much. 
Hey Spencer, it's BJ. Uh, you, you do. <laughs> I just did a uh, speaking of the topic of your latest podcast, which I was going to say it sounds great with a new microphone. So, you know, if you like it enough to increase the sound quality, the clarity of of your podcast, I say go for it. But as far as editing out the ums and the, the pauses and the false starts and the stutters and the kind of things we all have as normal parts of our speech. I think one of the cool things about Anchor and the, the, the community we have in the Anchor podcastings is that we, it's real natural. I've heard people even refer to kind of the podcasts on Anchors, on Anchor at least kind of the ones in the OSR community is kind of, they have a punk aesthetic, aesthetic or a garage band aesthetic where it's just raw and just people you know, talking in their natural voice with their own mannerisms. So don't change anything about yourself, man. Just Just keep it up. Thanks, y'all, for that wonderful feedback. Cheers. That was Jason Connolly there at the beginning from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Um, Evil Jeff from Minions and Musings. Don't you go anywhere, Evil Jeff. You know this is a case of style over content. If anyone's got content, it's you, my friend. And BJ, the arcane alienist. Thanks very much, BJ. Um, I'll be sure to keep enough of those ums and ahs. There's no such thing as perfection, thank God. I think there's a joke in there somewhere. In the following unboxing, I do suggest that Electric Bastion Land doesn't contain any adventure seats that's not entirely true there is advice and ideas in the book for creating adventure seeds and there's also a handful of locations towards the back of the book one of which was created by our very own barney dicker loco ludus yes yeah, so i just wanted to correct that as i feel it's not not entirely accurate to say there are no adventure seeds in the electric bastion land book electric bastion land being deeper into the odd by chris mcdowell right so what have we here i say what have we here it's um no real surprise it's a little brown envelope with the little sticker in the corner that says knights of the road so i know exactly what it is um it's a bit smaller than I imagined. Um, I mean, the envelope itself is pretty small, but what's inside it appears to be about the size of, um, I don't know, about twice the size of a credit card, I suppose. The envelope's a little thicker than that, thankfully. Now, yeah, these are really... Hey, some really fun little books here. Um, I know Jason, Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast, has already done an unboxing of these, or an unopening, probably to be more precise. And uh, yeah, I didn't realise they were going to be quite so small, but they're really nicely put together. We've got um, Conductor's Guide, uh, Monsters of the Rails, and Knights of the Road. So, yeah, this is the 1920s 
hobo monster hunter game based on Into the Odd Electric Bastion Land. This is the Kickstarter Zine Quest 3. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, it was based on Electric Bastion Land, I knew I was going to have to buy it. Fortunately, because of the size, the shipping was um, minimal. And uh, yeah, let's have, a, let's have a look at these. It's the Knights of the Road, the red book. Uh, a tiny role-playing game. <laughs> I think I need new glasses. Um, yeah, well, this is not a good start, is it? A tiny role-playing game of high-flying adventure in a monster-infested 1920s. There you go. And uh, just uh, fortunately, the print is a little clearer inside. And uh, it's really nicely put together a little book here. You are an adventurer, a labourer, a wanderer, and a monster hunter. As a member of the International Brotherhood of itinerant sword sellers, the IBIS, you travel the rails of the western states, selling your skills to whatever neighbourhood, town, council, grange hall, or whoever will pay for your next meal. You are a knight of the road. And yeah, we've got a little table for starting sets. Roll 1d6. Um, the rules, which, as I say, are pretty much... Um, Electric Bastion Land. Oh, it's got advantage, disadvantage, though. I'm not sure if that's... Oh, it might be an Electric Bastion Land. I should really know that, shouldn't I? It's been a while since I've looked at it, to be fair. Um, the weapons, gear. Yeah, it's just really nicely put together. Each of the pages looks like a sort of a... Almost like a ticket, the way it's laid out. And... Oh, we've got a print a little smaller there. Scars table. Advancement vehicle combat. That's an interesting addition. I'm not sure if there's vehicle combat in Electric Bastion Land. Um, but I thought this would be great as an addition to, you know, a adventuring outside Bastion rather than uh, having it in the chosen setting here, the actual uh, US, I would use it for venturing into the outwards deep country um so what we've got here monsters of the rails monsters 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 skeleton rider railman werewolf bigfoot nice hodag vampire Side Hill Mountain Gouger, Jackalope, Mothman, nice, Green Man, obviously you're, you're alien, um, Market, Lake Monster, Chubacabra, Pizza Rats, the Devil Himself, and the Dust. Nice little illustrations there to go with each entry. Um, the conductor's guide now, yeah, as Jason pointed out, the conductor as in a train conductor, but also that is taken from Electric Bastion Land, which itself utilizes certainly the uh, the font of 
the London Underground and the kind of mapping principles of the London Underground for creating boroughs within Bastionland and the conductor there also referring to the uh, electric nature of Bastionland. Um, so little little book of tips here. Five D six quests, nice little map in the middle, double spread. I say double spread, it's <laughs> a little bit smaller than the size of a CD case. Um nice to have all the same the quirky little things dotted all over that. Examples of play, blah, blah, blah. Inspirational media. Oh, um, Emperor of the North from 1971. Not familiar with that. Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, classic Cohen Brothers, Road to Perdition, which is something I haven't seen in a very long time. Novels and novellas. Iron Weed by William Kennedy, not read that, of Mice and Men, John Steinbeck, and uh, Tortilla Flats. Um, I've not read either of those. Graphic novel, Big Rock Candy Mountain, not seen that either. Spotify soundtrack link, that's pretty cool. Other RPGs, Hobo Manso, Cthulhu Hack, and Call of Cthulhu. Nice. So there we have it. I'm uh, going to enjoy digging into those. Especially like the idea of a selection of, you know, adventure seeds. Something that, although there's there's a lot of material for creating content within Electric Bastion Land. Um, uh, some actual adventure seeds would have been nice and so you know maybe uh, this will help plug that gap lovely stuff knights of the road finally something to unbox but that's not the only thing i'll be taking a look at as i've got a review coming up more about that in a moment So I've made an attempt to record this once and I was interrupted and left out a few details. I think I'm going to be able to salvage that previous recording, but just wanted to give you full disclosure that I'm reviewing some PDFs that were sent to me by Axion Spice for the purposes of review. This is Lands of Legends, which um, advertises itself as an OSR toolkit, but looking at it, I can't see why you couldn't use most of this stuff here with any system that you might be using. Um, the PDF, where it's split into four separate PDFs, two of which are Lands of Legends Mundane, the other two are Lands of Legends Grim. The mundane one 
as the name suggests, is more kind of uh, down to earth. There's no sort of gonzo stuff going on there. It seems to be more kind of historically based fantasy. The Grim one's got more of a kind of a horror fantasy vibe to it. There's clearly a bit more magic in there too. So, uh, yeah, let's see what I can rescue from the previous recording. So I'm going to be looking at Land of Legends, published by Axion Spice, authors uh, being Giuseppe Rotondo and Mauro Longo, artists Matteo Ceresa and Federico Martinetto. Apologies if I've mispronounced anything there. Both the mundane and grim are part of a series describing itself as the ultimate toolkit and game aid for your OSR campaign. Hundreds of special areas, hundreds of encounters, sorted by both terrain type and as D10 tables. So I'm just going to have a quick flick through the PDF and uh, yeah, give you my impressions. Um, the covers look great. I really like the the design of the covers. The mundane is uh, black and white with an interesting image of a lion's head. The grim version is black and kind of a bubblegum pink with um, the image of what looks like a, well, some kind of horned demon. I'll be looking at the mundane one first separated into two pdfs one's called mundane areas and the other one is mundane encounters and hazards so i'll look at the areas first which is i mean it's really nicely laid out essentially it's a series of tables mundane civilizations uh, mundane deserts, mundane forests, mundane fresh waters, mundane dungeons. I would say my my initial criticism, well, a small criticism, mundane mountains and hills, the actual titles for the tables are in a font which is, I mean, it's a nice looking font. It's just a little difficult for me to read. But then that's not saying much. So, mundane mountains and hills, plains and valleys, seas and islands, swamps and marshes. Just a wealth of stuff here. Wastelands. So, 24 pages, which works out as essentially 20 pages with the D10 tables being on a spread each. Let's pick a table and just uh, have a roll on it. See what I come up with. Oh, hang on. These are D6s. That's no good, is it? Fallen at the first fence. Look at that. Um, this is called lack of preparation. Don't tell me I've lost those dice. 
There we go. There. So, D10, civilizations. So I've rolled a 10. The City of Tournaments. The greatest chivalric competitions of the continent take place in this city four times a year. There are jousting tournaments, shooting and riding, competitions, contests of skill and acrobatics, pit fights and even a tournament dungeon full of traps and captured monsters. All those who want to stand out for their bravery come here to get noticed by rulers, mercenary captains and elite forces. The grand tournaments last 12 days, beginning with the Prince's Tournament, including celebrations, banquets and luxuries, brackets, but also brawls and robberies, and end with the descent into the dungeon. Well, a lot going on there. Let's have a look at what's going on in the forests. Five. So what we got here? Cave forest. This wooded area full of caves, caverns and passageways between the rocks makes the region a cross between forest and underground. Trees, moss and vines grow within vast halls of rocks and the sun coming through the openings at the top grows a rich undergrowth of ferns, lichen, shrubs and creepers. Random encounters in this area combine those of a forest and those of the underworld. Interesting. Mixing it up a little there. Yeah, that all seems pretty good. Um, let's have a quick look at the hazards. Oh, again, it's separated into the same areas. Encounters for civilizations, deserts, forests, freshwater, jungles. I see what I mean. I read that as dungeons last time. It actually says jungles. God knows how I managed to do that, but there you go. That's what I, what I mean about the font. So let's, uh, considering that, that city of tournaments, that's a one. False money. Selling and especially valuable goods. Explorers are rewarded with ready money, but false. Brackets, pyrite, instead of gold, for example. They will probably find out when they try to pay for something to another merchant who refuses their money and threatens to report them. The fake money in their possession may cause them trouble with the law and it's impossible to find anywhere the dishonest merchant brackets or he will deny everything and there will be no proof of purchase so uh yeah trouble for the pcs there um let's have a look at what they might encounter in that forest all right nine woodworms 1d4 plus 1 random woodworms items in the group's possession have become infested with woodworms. Unless properly treated, the items will fall apart within a week. Proper treatment includes extreme temperatures, brackets minus 35 or plus 45C, complete immersion in oil, 
for several days or any other magical solution. So there you go. That's the mundane book. Let's have a quick look at what's in the Grim book. So Grim Areas. The Grim PDF is separated into two again with Grim Areas and Grim Encounters. So let's roll up a few Grim Areas. Now this is black on, as I say, kind of a, a bubblegum, sort of shocking pink, I guess. Um, and I've got to say, I've got to fess up here, I'm reading this off of my phone, which isn't ideal. but. Um, Due to my current circumstances, I don't really have an alternative at the moment. Yeah, bear with me while I squint my way through this. The, the first one was a very clean layout. This has a bit more of, uh, I guess, Morkborg-esque. So, uh, Grim Civilizations. Let's have a look at this. Five. Ghosts and Gangsters. For centuries, the violent thief guilds of this city have made many victims and have always buried the bodies in the foundations of houses and buildings where nobody can find them. The results of this practice is that the restless spirits of the dead haunt a lot of places and now the city is increasingly depopulated. Citizens are terrified by spectres and poltergeists but the mobsters have learned to use sorcery amulets and gestures to ward off bad luck and evil spirits that's an interesting setup so let's have a look uh let's try grim jungles this time four the real living death a terrible curse affects those who die in this jungle bacteria keeps the corpse together after death and allows smaller organisms to take part of it the dead bodies are eaten as usual by bugs worms centipedes fungus and moulds but they still man maintain their structure and mass as time goes by all these beings become the corpse which ultimately consists of a mass of plants fungus and parasites and behaves as if it was still living and sentient and it moves in search for food now that creates quite an interesting image there quite disturbing and uh yeah i, yeah, I really like that one it certainly lives up to being grim well let's see what the other grim encounters offers then civilizations right there we go 10 the locked room mystery a man is found dead in a room locked from the inside a few days after he had last been seen his body is maimed with strange bites and all the blood is gone how did it happen the man was actually a werewolf who contracted fleas a few days before these tiny parasites had sucked the blood from the werewolf and have become terrifying monsters, the creatures who have eaten him alive. Now the fleas are still in the room, but they are back to their normal version, waiting for a new host for the next full moon. 
interesting. Let's see what's going on in the Grim Swamp. Another four. The Silent Death. A grey gas exhales from pools of the marsh. Remaining very low on the ground, the shortest explorers, dwarfs, halflings, may feel a sour taste in their mouth and an irritation in their nose and throat. If the party stops to camp, ignoring these effects, those who sit or lie down will fall asleep almost instantly and asphyxiate within five minutes without even waking up. Only a successful save versus death or noticing the immediate sleep of those who've breathed in the gas can prevent this silent death. Another grim entry there. Um, so, yeah, a, a wealth of material here. Really nicely produced. And um, that's certainly going to keep you busy for a while. Thank you very much to Giuseppe for sharing that. Lands of Legends. Both the mundane version and the grim version are available on drive through as PDF and softback. Well, that's about enough from me, I think. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for your calls. If you want to leave me a message, please contact me via the anchor link in the description. You can always email me or leave me an audio message at spencer.freeforall at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page for Keep Off the Borderlands. You can find me on Twitter and MeWe on the Audio Dungeon Discord and various other places on Discord as Freethrall. I'd also like to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music he provides. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.